Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Soul Sister, a company that creates hand-sewn inspirational clothing and products for everyone. What I love about them is their products embody authenticity. Each of their creations is different, and when it comes to designs and fabrics, they can create something that uniquely reflects you or your loved ones. And their mission is to live in a world with zero landfill fabric waste, and they source landfill fabrics from around the world and transform them into something beautiful. It's also founded by my amazing friend, Sean Create Parody, who's an incredible human being with a heart of gold. And I've seen her turn old keepsakes, jerseys, meaningful clothing items into a -a one-of-a-kind quilt. And in an age where most of our gifts come mass-produced, you just can't get more meaningful and unique gifts than that. So go check them out at www.soulsister.com, spelled S-E-W-L sister.com. Let's support our local businesses. Plus, with each purchase, you'll support organizations that assist with moving victims out of human trafficking. Soul Sister teaches sewing in local communities to those affected by human trafficking, empowering them to create beauty again. So once again, go check them out at www.soulsister.com, S-E-W-L sister.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Yes, I Can podcast, where our mission is to empower and inspire you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Paul Can, and I am so excited to have you. I am really looking forward to our conversation today that we get to have with our special guest. And um, she's uh, got an incredible story and is up to something that is, I think that is super cool. And I'm really excited to dive more into um, not only her journey, but you know, also the work that she does as well. And um, you know, as we kind of explore the different pockets of what it really means to be fully, uh, unapologetically, authentically you. So our guest today is on a mission to create art that is a window to God that blesses others with God's higher consciousness of peace, calmness, joy, love, and power so that they feel uplifted. And the beautiful part of her journey is that for a very long time, she was a closeted artist and didn't even know it. And she spent many of her college and young adult years doing what she thought would make her parents happy in terms of uh, creating success in her parents' eyes. But at the same time, it wasn't what created success in her own heart. And she had different careers um, throughout the years, everything from sales to finance to being a yoga and meditation teacher. And the through line through it all was that she always had more fun creating the binders and making them beautiful than the work itself. And it wasn't until her partner encouraged her to take an art lesson that she discovered the artist within. And she has been a mystic for over 25 years through meditating and chanting and seeking direct experiences with God. And she is an interfaith minister and combines her love of God and art together into a creation, infusing her paintings with God's higher consciousness so that you feel blessed when you experience it. So please help me in welcoming the woman who is 
helping make the world a better place by creating physical manifestations that bring higher consciousness to you and the planet, Deepa Liu. Deepa, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You know, it's just great to be able to, you know, connect and share stories. I find stories really transform people. You know, they have impact on people more than like just learning facts and figures. Yes, absolutely. And I love your story. And I think that's actually a perfect place to start because, you know, when I started this podcast, one of the things that I realized is that everybody has their own closet of inauthenticity. For me, for many years, it was, you know, being in the closet about being transgender. And for, I realized every single person has their own specific closet. And I think your story is so powerful about coming out of the spiritual closet, which actually not a lot of people talk about. And, you know, it's an experience that many people have around something that they have that they're just terrified of in terms of the judgment and what that's going to look like. So walk us along that journey of what led you to doing the work that you do today and, you know, the journey of, you know, really coming out of, of your own spiritual closet. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, back 25 years ago, I wouldn't have said I was in a spiritual closet. I just thought I was afraid, you know, yeah. or that I, I didn't want people to judge me. You know, I was in outside sales. And at that time I was, I would have identified just as a Buddhist, you know, and um, never told a soul because one time I remember somebody, cause I didn't grow up in a really um, religious family. And so somebody, I had never heard the word tithing when I was young. And so one day I was at, was when I was like in my twenties and somebody had said to me about tithing and I said, um, what's tithing? And they said, what, what do you practice? And, and I saw, you know, when anybody answered the one thing about me is I never lie. Like, I really believe in like being honest. I might not say anything, you know, but if they ask me their question, I'm going to answer it truthfully. So I said, uh, well, I'm Buddhist. I'm a practicing Buddhist. And her reaction was, oh. I pray for you, you're going to go to hell, you know? And so it really like made me more scared, you know, to like come out of the closet spiritually because um, I didn't want people to have thoughts like that about me, you know, like, oh, I'm going to hell or something's wrong with me. And, um, and you know, it was now I know it was a reflection of my own fear, but back then you know, I didn't know that. So it was just like gradual at first to let even people know about, you know, what I believed spiritually it was something I kept really private and didn't talk about for a long time, you know, and it wasn't until I um, really started when Fran encouraged me to do art that I came out even more. I mean, I was slowly coming out and had gotten to a place where I called myself a Buddhist yogi because I'd be um, gone to a yoga retreat and realized the oneness of all religions. And, and so I started to go down that path of saying, you know, like I'm looking uh, for what interfaith honoring everybody's path, because that is really what I feel on the inside. Um, You know, I really feel like, you know, we all are like in a different place. We're all in a different place, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, you know, in our self-growth, in what we want to do in life and what's important to us. And those differences are what makes us resonate with the different spiritual path. And so I had come to realize that after practicing my Buddhist practice for about 10, 15 years, I was like, kind of like, you know what, I'm going to honor all paths because that's, you know, it just depends where you are, which one resonates with you. And I really honor and want people to do the path that resonates with them. You know, it's like one of the things that that's just so important to me, like never give judgment to how to a practice someone's doing, as long as it makes them a better person, you're going to see kudos from me, you know, saying do more you know? And so, um, 
that was one of the things that really started to change me was I wanted to honor that and be interfaith. And so I started to go down that path. But I still would say I like I never even told anybody when I became a minister. It was more my just my wife, you know, encouraging me because she could see how interfaith I was. Um, and it wasn't until she encouraged the art that it started to like more, I would say, explode in the sense of I started to awaken a lot of different spiritual gifts that I had never known I had. Um, probably because not probably. It was because I was not open to them. You know, I was afraid of what my parents would think. You know, parents were not religious or spiritual in any way. They didn't really get me. Um, you know, I was a lesbian on top of it. They actually accepted that fairly well. Like they never disowned me or anything. So, you know, I feel grateful for that. But they just, they never really got it or understood it. You know, it's just, so, you know, she's my, our daughter. We'll love her anyway, kind of energy. But they didn't understand like anything about me. The spiritual part, just they, you know, that was foreign to them. And so, you know, like they were had some fear when I moved to a spiritual community for six years because they didn't understand. They thought maybe it was a a cult or something. You know, and they had to come to terms with that and find out that oh, okay, it's not it's just a place that people who are on the spiritual path are wanting to you know develop their spiritual growth you know, and connect more with um, what some people call higher power, some call it God, some call it Buddha. Everybody has a different name, but I've come to realize no matter what name you use, it's this energy we cannot explain, but it exists, you know, and it's here for all of us. Mm. So, you know, it's, it was stepping into the art that awoke so many things that made me finally go, I have to come out of the spiritual closet. You know, I started painting um, and I know a lot of people can't see, but I painted Yogananda. And I, I don't know if anybody knows who Yogananda is, but he was uh, a yogi or a, a spiritual person that came from India. And he wrote the autobiography of Yogi. It was all about showing the oneness of all different spiritual paths of East and West. And I wanted to paint him with the energy and vibration of him. He, he was a powerful teacher, a guru, what some would call on the, on the spirit, uh, Indian or you know Hindu path. Um, or yogic path. And he had this great power and vibration. And I wanted when people saw the pain in him to feel the blessings from him, to feel the power of him. But here's where I was in the closet. I was painting him in the art studio and I kept it a secret. You know, like I didn't tell anybody about it. I just was doing it. I was listening to his voice. So I could feel his vibration and I would infuse it. And I would pray over the, the, uh, the painting, you know, but I would do it all like, kind of secretly, not like, you know, I wouldn't make a lot of noise. I'd do it quietly. All my prayers were quiet. I'd own it quietly, you know, but then when I finished him, a friend who I knew in the studio walked by and put their thumbs up and said, hey, Yogananda's in the house. So I thought, oh, I guess I did a pretty good job. You know? But that's not the amazing part of the story. The amazing part was I put him up to dry. And a week later, I came back into the art studio to check to see, was he dry? And someone who I'd never seen before came up to me and said, are you the person who painted Yogananda? And I said, oh, yes, I am. And she said, oh, well, I just have to tell you, when I look at this painting, I can feel his power and his vibration, his energy in the painting. I feel blessed by him. And on the outside, I went, 
oh, thank you. And on the inside, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it worked, it worked. You know, because I did, I, it was just an idea, you know, this thing that got downloaded into my mind of like, let's do this and have it have a certain energy. I want my opinions to be alive, you know? And and so I had no idea if it was going to work or not. I just wanted to do it. So I was just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it worked, it worked. You know, so I tried it again with um, Our Lady of Guadalupe same type of thing. Wanted it to have the blessings of the miracle of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Did the same thing, quietly did the prayers and listened to a certain kind of music and was infusing it with, you know, the certain vibrations and intentions and blessings. Because I wanted, I'd come to a point where I wanted each painting to be like this portal, this doorway where it, people felt blessed when they looked at them. And I was afraid to tell anybody that because I thought, oh, they're going to just think I'm weird. Like, who does she think she is? You know, I bet that comes up for a lot of viewers. Like, you know, something you really want to do, but you're worried about what are people going to think about me? You know, they're going to think, I think I'm like, you know, something special or too big for my britches or, you know, whatever that scene is. But, but I said, did it again with the same thing. And again, it's someone who had never seen the studio comes in. She's actually from Mexico, which is where the original Our Lady of Guadalupe Tilma cloak exists. They have it hanging on a wall for people to see. Um, She comes in and she says, Oh, she's so beautiful. I can feel her energy. I've seen the original in Mexico. You could sell her for $1,500 if you take her down to the Catholic church. And I started to laugh on the inside, you know, but I said, oh, thank you. And then on the inside again, it worked, it worked, you know, because I needed confirmation at that point to help encourage me to come out of the closet. You know, I didn't know that back then, but I was just like, okay, this is working. Let me keep doing it, you know? Mm. And so I kept doing that with this intention of I want to, Uh, have these paintings be blessings and doorways to the divine presence, no matter what you call the divine presence for you. You know, I wanted it to help you feel blessed by that energy and to feel like connected to that divine presence. And so I just kept painting. But what happened with me having this intention was I started to have visions in my meditation. Now that might not sound like an amazing thing to you if you're a visual person, but I was actually a person who was not visual. I'm an empath. So I feel things. I sense people's emotions. I know what they're feeling before they tell me um, so I can feel stuff. But I was not visual. In fact, if you know, I'd done a guided meditation with somebody and they said, see the golden ball of light, nothing. I would not see a thing. And I was just like, oh, well, my intuition doesn't work that way. It's not the way I'm wired, you know, but I wouldn't see a thing. And so when I started getting these visions in meditation, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, like, I didn't know why it was happening at first. I just knew I was getting them. I was getting them of these different, it could be Mother Mary in different forms. It was angels that would come to me, healing hands, you know, lights of healing balls of light. There was just many, a multitude of different kinds of visions. What I came to realize was they were spirit guides coming to me and they wanted me to create them in manifest form by creating them as portals, you know. But I, again, didn't tell anybody because I was afraid. I was like in the closet still. I started to create them and paint them because I was in a place now where I follow my divine guidance. I would secretly follow it. And I don't know if you've ever been there, Paul. Have you ever been yeah. there? Where you're, yeah, you're like, oh, yes. have this guy, but you kind of secretly follow it. You know, well, that's what I was doing. I was secretly following my divine guidance where I knew it from me, but I wasn't telling anybody. So um, so as I did that, I kept creating more portals and um. I started to feel like they were alive, but, you know, and I wanted them to be blessings, but they were only blessing me because I didn't show them or tell anybody that they were here to bless them. Mm. And it wasn't until um, 
I, you know, I said, okay, I'm coming out of the spiritual closet. One day it finally hit me that, gee, these are only blessing me. And then how can they bless anybody if I don't t- start telling people and start, you know, being real with this, you know, download that I got from the divine to create these portals to help people feel blessed. You know, I was more concerned at the time about what other people thought than following the, the 100% that guidance. I would act on it, but I wasn't coming out to be seen. You know, and I think that's what about like when you say about being unapologetically your authentic self, it's about this willingness to be seen. I, I don't know about that, that's for you, but it was for me about, mm. you know, am I willing to be seen even if people think I'm weird, even if they think, you know, they call me names or crazy or weird or silly, you know, like those were all the things that went in my head, like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird or they're going to think I'm silly or they're going to think I'm, you know, and I would have to quiet that voice, but I realized I have to come out of the spiritual closet. So I just one day said, I'm sticking my stake in the ground. And I was actually at a business training. And I said, I'm coming out of the spiritual closet. You know, I'm a sacred artist. I'm a spiritual teacher. And, you know, and I, and I said, I create these sacred portals that bless people, you know. And so, and I came out of the closet and said that in the room. And people say, oh, yeah, you know, because one thing it was in a supportive environment. So it made it a little easier. So I do think when you're really making that first step, you know, find a supportive environment because when you're, your muscle of being hundred percent authentic, isn't that strong. I think it's important to have people around you that will cheer you on rather than tear you down or say that's stupid or, you know, because it, it's already a muscle that's not that strong if you've been hiding for several, um, you know, years, which I think a lot of people it's years before they come out. You know, um, I wish we'd all come out like when we're five, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or seven, you know, but, but unfortunately a lot of us don't, but, you know, so then that's when the, after that, the portal started to speak to me, you know, they started to give me messages and tell me they wanted to go into my coaching and they would, and then when I did that, they zeroed in on the problem. Someone was happening. So the transformation would happen faster. You know, they'd overcome the challenge they were having more quickly and more easily when they actually followed the guidance, you know, from the, um, the portal that was and you're giving the message. Um, and so that was the beginning of me, like really coming out of the closet. And, and then there was just even another step where I got this download after they started to speak to me and they were telling me like, we want you to put on your site, on your website, that you do these personal divine presence portals. And we want you to tell people that you can tune into their energy and see their spirit guides around them. And then you're going to paint it and you're going to give them an intuitive message. And I was like, all right. Yeah, kidding. You know, I really was. I was just like, all right, well, I'll put it on my website, you know, because I was got the guidance I've got. I was at that point in my life where, okay, I'll put it on my website. So I put it on my website like I was guided to, but they never said, tell people. <laughs> so again, didn't tell soul. You know, I just didn't tell anybody. Um, but again, it was when I, you know, stuck that stake in the ground where people like once I did that and started to really, you know, say, okay, I'm doing these personal divine presence portals. I can do this. Um, and I actually didn't know whether I could, Paul, I, I was afraid because I was like, okay, I'm trusting my spirit guides that this can work because they've told me to do this, but I've not ever done it. So I don't actually know if I can, you know, but then out of, after I'd stuck that stake in the ground 24 hours later, somebody called me or actually emailed me and said, I was looking at your site and I see you do this personal divine presence portal. I'd like to talk to you about that. I think I want one. I said, like, oh my God, they want one. Oh my God. I hope I can do this. So I set up the appointment, you know, and we met 
And she talked to me. She kept telling me about Mother Mary and this and that. So I did what the guides had told me to do. I said, okay, well, what we're going to do is if you decide you want to do this, I do two, two, two different sizes, you know, nine by 12 or 16 by 20. And which one do you want? If you want to do it, what will happen is on the first appointment, we're going to get together. I'm going to have you state what it is you're looking to get help with. Because what I had come to realize at that point was, we have all kinds of spirit guides around us and they're here for specific issue, uh, reasons, issues, you know, challenges, uh, our purposes to help us. So, you know, if you're wanting your spirit guide to help you with your purpose, you have one that's there for you that's helping with that. If you have a certain challenge, there's one that's here to help you overcome that challenge. And so I said, so we're going to help you articulate what, you know, you're wanting the spirit guide to help you with. So that spirit guide will reveal itself to me. And so I said, so, um, so let's, so we talk about it. She starts talking and tell me what she wants help with, but she keeps talking about mother Mary, mother Mary, mother Mary, mother Mary. So I'm like, okay, you know, so then we meditate together and I tune into the person's energy and what came to me was not mother Mary. So I was worried because I'm like, mm, she kept talking about Mother Mary the whole time, but that's not what showed up. So I go away and I paint the portal and I infuse it with the blessings that they guide me to infuse it with and, and the, the message that they give me. And so then we have a second appointment to, to deliver it where I visually show them. It's obviously not being delivered in person, but I show it to them and then I'll mail it to them. But so she gets on Zoom. I get on Zoom and I said, well, I know you talked a lot about Mother Mary, but who showed up was this? And I showed her the portal and tears start to come out of her eyes. So then I went, oh, good. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> those are good tears. I can tell, you know, um, and she started to tear up and she said, well, I never told you this, but I had an Akashic record reading many years ago. And a woman told me, the reader told me that I have a fairy that I'm to work with. And what had come to me was a fairy and I had painted a fairy. Mm. And so she just, you know, immediately felt connected to it. And then when I gave her the message, she was like, that message is right on. It's what I need to hear. And, um, and so that's the first time I went, oh, okay, I can do this. You know, <laughs> But one of the things I've realized with being your authentic self is there are times you are going to be scared out of your wits to step into it and you got to do it anyway. You have to be willing to go, I'm willing to step forward, even though I'm afraid, you know, a lot of people think, well, what doesn't it mean if I'm following my spiritual guidance, it will be easy and, it, you know, I won't be fearful. I said, yeah, we all wish that, but I haven't found that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there won't be a certain flow and ease to it in the sense of it'll click. Like, like once I stuck my stake in the ground, boom, and, you know, someone, like contacted me for this person divine presence portal but on the inside it did not feel easy to me because i was mm. so afraid but the more i stepped into it the more personal divine presence portals i did the more now i'm not like fearful you know like when someone calls me one i know spirits are going to come through me and they're going to show me something and that's when i'm going to paint and create and infuse it with the blessings they say and you know and i never had someone not feel like this is the, the, the it's the thing that's blessing them but in order for me to step into it, I had to be willing to like, one, be willing to fail, you know, because I could have heard I wanted Mother Mary from that woman, you know mm. what I mean? But it didn't happen because I was willing to like, let me be willing to take this risk. You know, I trust my spirit guides, trust spirit that this download I'm getting is the truth. 
you know, because that voice that comes, it's not, you know, like people almost want to have like a person in front of them saying, I'm God and this is what I'm telling you to do. And it doesn't come that way. You know, when spirit speaks to you, that authentic voice that's trying to guide you to step into your next step of like where you're supposed to be in your life and in your growth and in your purpose is a still, small, soft voice. Um, it's one of the reasons why, you know, taking time for yourself or meditating or having quiet time is so important because if you're constantly like keeping yourself busy with video games and, and I'm not knocking these things, you know, but, but you, you can still play them and say, I'm going to carve out, you know, 20 minutes for quiet time, you know, but you won't hear that voice if you're constantly never taking any time for yourself to check in with yourself and go, what is true for me? What is, you know, what is, you know, my authentic self? What is spirit trying to guide me to so I can step into it? You know, because what I've learned is by the spiritual laws of the universe, there's one called the law of more life. And we're always supposed to be expanding and growing. There's always a next step, you know, and we have to be open to what that next step is, you know, because there is no standing still. We're either expanding or contracting and you got to choose. Are you going to be on the expansive side or the contractive side? And to get into what I call, you know, what you say is your unapologetically authentic self, you have to be on the expansive side. It's, that's just what I've seen from my own life. You know, it, it doesn't happen without it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet, Paul, Paul, you were really scared when you stepped into yours, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was terrified. I felt like I wanted to throw up and puke. And, you know, I was, uh, I still remember the moment, actually, when I was um, in a, I was driving and I was talking to my wife and, um we were kind of talking before that about what was coming up for me, which I knew was this calling around being a stand for authenticity, but I knew what would come with it because I would have to come out. I still remember driving um, with her to my in-laws house because at that point, the only person that we hadn't told yet was uh, one of my brother-in-laws. And we actually sat in the parking lot of a church. We just like pulled into this empty parking lot and I was (laughs) bawling my eyes out because I was terrified. Like I was terrified what would be on the other side. I was terrified of being rejected. I was terrified of, um, being shunned. And you know, what if they don't accept me and what if he isn't okay with it? And you know, how can I possibly do this? And especially, um, I had moved to the U S and one of the reasons why I was really hesitant on moving here was because it's a smaller city. And also, what if people don't accept me here? I have nowhere to go. Like my family's back in Canada. So like I would be stuck here. And so I completely resonate with what you're saying because there is this moment of, there's these moments of terror where you're just so scared of what's on the other side. And what if it doesn't pan out and what that would look like and the rejection. And yeah, it was, it ended up being a really, you know, I I remember my wife was just saying, you know, we, we got to do this. Like you, you get to do this because if, if you don't, we're always going to, be stuck here and what if it's different than what you think it could be and we ended up telling him and his wife and they were so loving about it they're like yeah we we love you regardless like you're you're paul you're our brother and we love you and it was this actually very beautiful moment and it really showed me like you said that when you follow your heart and your intuition that it ends up working out like you said it doesn't make it less scary but right it ends up working out yeah Totally. Yeah. Mm. That's good. That's, that's great that it worked out. But I bet too, like, um, 
Like I, I seem to have these levels of authenticity. You know, that's why I say about the expansion part is, mm-hmm. you know, like when I um, got the thing about doing the personal divine presence portals and then got to put it into my coaching, you know, each of those is like another little coming out of the closet, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, well, will my coaching clients be okay? Because I realized that, well, if I combine, you know, the gu- spiritual guidance of my portals with the practical, here's how you apply it, you know, with me being the coach, you know, I really felt like, okay, I'm getting that this is going to even be better for them, but I didn't know, you know, so I was just like, well, let me just present it and we'll see what happens. (laughs) And You know, I'm really curious about that. I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that because when you got that download that you should include this as a part of your coaching and I'm really curious just your own also process in breaking through the fear because when you got that download i'm curious if there was that thought for you where it's just like i don't know like is anybody actually going to buy something like this is this anyone going to even want something like this and and i i resonate with that because i know even just with my own coaching sometimes i wake up i was like Nobody's really waking up and being like, I want to be more authentic. And that's what's keeping me up at night. I'm like, who in the world is going to be want coaching around how to be a more authentic leader and like really access their full, um, unapologetically authentic self. And so I'd love to hear more about your experience of that moment for you and how you got to break through that, even though on the outside, it seemed like something that, you know, didn't make any sense, but in your heart, it really felt like it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, part of it, I think, was I had adopted, a, a, by that point, I have this little saying that um, everything um, is happening for the betterment of my life. And the other one I say is um, Divine Mother has my back or Mother Mary has my back because I'm connected to the Divine Feminine a lot. And so whenever I start to feel that fear come up of like, oh, my goodness, what are people going to think? Or this sounds crazy. I just go, oh, wait, 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 you know. And this is happening to make me suffer. It's happening because, you know, they're helping me to get to that next step. You know, my mother has my back. Something good's going to come from it. Even if initially it doesn't seem good, I know something good's going to come from it. So I just keep telling myself that. And that's what helps me to take the action. You know, and then once I take the action, and this is what I tell people all the time when I'm coaching them, is that, you know, people want to feel confident. You know, they have people, oh, I want to feel confident before I move forward. And I'm like, you don't feel confident before you move forward. Confidence comes from you taking action and getting feedback that it works, mm. you know, or, or that you get feedback that it didn't work and you tweak something, then it does work again. You know, like you have to be willing to take the action and then get the feedback. And if even if the feedback like sucks, you know, like it's like that was crummy, you go, okay, well, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to make this more authentic and more, you know, better for the other person, but authentic for me too? You know, how do I do that? I was fortunate that when I started to offer it, people like, because I realized about bringing the intuitive and the practical together, because I'd seen a lot of people get readings, but yet never really apply what the messages were they were receiving because they didn't have any help to apply them. You know, like they'd go to an intuitive reader or somebody who gives intuitive messages and they'd be like, oh, they make them feel better in the moment. But then when I would talk with them later and say, oh, how did it go with, you know, what they said to do? Oh, I didn't do it because they needed an actual person to, you know, give them some coaching of how to apply it, some accountability of what to do, something to help them get over the fears of putting it forward. Because, Mm. you know, like it is something that you have to work with that fear. You know, like people are waiting for that fear to go away before they act. And I tell people, 
yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, there, there are times like it will, when you're so centered in your, your higher self, your God self, whatever you want to call it, you, you know, that part of you, that's your higher self, you know, in those moments when you can be there, yes, you won't feel fear, but most of us fall out of it all the time. You have moments of like, I mean, I don't know if you about you, Paul, but there's times something happens and sometimes I'm just like totally trusting and higher power. And then some days I'm not, you know, yes. where I'm like, oh my goodness. And I have to work myself <laughs> yes. into it. You know, you have that sometimes? Absolutely. All the yeah. time. Yeah. One moment you're so sure. I'm so sure. And the next moment I'm freaking out and I'm not sure anymore. Exactly. Absolutely. So, so you have to work with that, you know, and it's about like, how do you, what can you do to help yourself step into it? And the way you get more faith and start to get more confidence is taking some action, getting feedback. And even if it's not the feedback you want, go, okay, what can I do to make it better? What can I do that, you know, like do this. But I tell people what I've seen when it's real, like divine guidance to, for you to do this, the spirit rushes behind to support you because spirit wants you to step into this. You know, and so most the time, 99% of the time, something positive happens to encourage you to keep going. Mm. You know, that, that's, that's what I've seen in my own life. Like I'll get positive feedback and go, oh, okay, I am to do this. You know, like it would have been really hard for me to go forward off the very first person divine presence portal was, that sucks. I wish it was my Mary, you know? I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not saying I wouldn't have gone forward, but it would have been a lot harder, mm. you know, because it would have been like, Okay, well, you know, but the feedback could have been, well, maybe I need to listen more, you know, to to what people are saying. But no, what the feedback was was that follow that vision you're seeing. You know, it's it's you know the spirit's with you. You're connected. Don't keep doubting it. The doubt makes it worse, you know. And just so now, I just like if that doubt voice comes up, uh, uh, stop, stop, stop. We don't need to doubt it. We're gonna trust that you know spirit's with me. There's divine has got back. I don't have to do it. They do it. You're like, I'm not the one making the vision. Spirit comes and creates the vision. Mm -hmm. And so if I look like if I have to do it, then I get all, oh my God, worried whether I can. Mm -hmm. But if I just go, okay, I'm going to trust higher power. They're going to come and they're going to show me a vision and it'll work. Mm -hmm. um, and it has, you know, so, but it can be very scary when you've not had any feedback that one, you can do it. And two, you know, it, are people going to respond positively? Um, you know, and sometimes people don't respond positively. You have to be okay with that when you're being you know, your authentic self. At least that's what I found. You know, it's like when I was honest with that woman years ago about being Buddhist and she was like, oh, you're going to hell. I'll pray for you. You know, she didn't respond positively, but I'm like, I'm not going to change what I believe just because she doesn't agree with me. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. I, I I love what you brought up there just around really trusting yourself is what I'm hearing as this theme. And I think all of us have a, have intuition and it just looks different for every person. Some people are much more in tune with it. Some people not as much, um, but we all have an intuition and we hear about it all the time. I'm really curious about that. I, I'd love to actually touch on that a bit because I think one of the biggest challenges around intuition is trusting yourself that you are making, you're choosing the right thing. So for example, if there's multiple things, and I've found this sometimes when I'm on a path and then something will show up and I'm curious about, is this just a bright, shiny object trying to distract me? Or is this actually a, you know, a path that showed up that's supposed to be where it's supposed, it's supposed to lead me to the next thing that I get to pivot and choose. And so when you know, because a lot of your work is around intuition and really trusting yourself because there isn't 
I think like a perfect roadmap of, you know, the work that you're doing for those of in our audience that are in that place where maybe they have something that they're questioning around, is this the right choice? Should I ch- pick this or this or this? I'm really curious what has been, what has, you know, what would you, what advice would you give around how they get to tune in to, to, to really know what is actually the path that is most aligned that they are meant to go on versus one that is just a bright, shiny object and a distraction? It's not a simple, like one, you know, like sentence answer. I'm happy to answer. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> yes, I figured like, that. <laughs> <laughs> not going to be a simple one sentence answer. Um, but, but first of all, remember I talked about having that, that t- time to be quiet and in that being in that still small voice. It's one of the reasons I, I think meditation or some, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a sitting meditation. It could be a walking meditation. It could be, you know, a, like a mantra meditation where you're chanting something. It could be you do it silently or uh, verbally, you know, there's diff- all different kinds of meditations. But um, what it, that does is it centers you into that quietness so you can start to hear, hear that voice, okay? The second thing is start to recognize that anytime we're having fear, we're not in our higher selves. We ha- there's actually, we have three minds, the subconscious mind, the a superconscious mind, and the conscious mind. And the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, mostly everybody's heard of it. The superconscious mind, you're only going to heard of that if you're into yoga. Um, but the subconscious mind is where all of your memories are stored, all of your emotional wounds are stored, your fears are stored. So anytime you're fearing, feel, feeling fearful, you're in that subconscious mind. And that's never going to give you the right answer on what your intuition is. So you have to actually shift out of it. Now, your conscious mind is what analyzes, you know, what, what's going on. It's where we think we make choices, but 99% of the people make choices from their subconscious mind, um, not knowing they are, but that's what they do. And that's for like a totally different type of class or interview. <laughs> Explain it. But the superconscious mind is the part of you that's connected to your higher self. The party that always knows the truth, what your purpose is, why you're here on the planet, what that next step is. And it's about learning how to come from that superconscious mind to shift into it when you're into fear. So um, one of the quickest things you can do, which is not going to necessarily always keep you in a superconscious mind, but it can help you get out of the fear a lot of times, is to look up, up at the third eye. So I just tell people, look up. You know, like if you're having fear and you don't know what to trust and it's, it's to deep belly breathe. Take a moment, close your eyes, but behind closed eyelids, look up at that point between the eyebrows. Because that's where the seat of your superconscious mind is. It doesn't mean you're totally connected to it, but it's at least you consciously, intentionally going, I want to shift out of this and connect with what the truth is. And so that can help sometimes for people to like connect back with, okay, what's true? Okay. So when you're in that quiet moment, the answer you get there is the truth. Once you come out of that moment, all the other is your subconscious mind rearing its head, trying to keep you safe, secure, and keep everything the same. Because that's the default mechanism we're all wired for, um, is, is that subconscious mind. And it wants to keep you safe, secure, and keep everything the same. So if you have an extreme amount of fear because you're moving forward, it's because that subconscious mind is trying to keep you safe. It doesn't want you to move forward. And you have to like have a resolve to go, you know what, what can I do to make myself feel a little safer and move forward? How can I do this in a way, you know, that I can move forward? Um, Because a lot of times, like 
like, let's say some people come to me because they want to become an entrepreneur sometimes. And I tell people like, there is a point where you have to take a leap of faith and quit your job and go for it. But if you're in so much fear that you're going to be like in turmoil all day long, that is not the day (laughs) (laughs) because you're not going to be able to pick anything from a higher place. You're not going to know what's the truth because your fears are guiding you rather than your superconscious mind, which is connected to what, why are you here on the planet? You know, here's why, here's your purpose. Here's your next step. Here's your, you know, what you're, you know, you're here to do. And there's always that next like bigger, better and I don't say bigger, better, like it's bigger, better for you. I'm talking about like bigger, better in that we're impacting the world more in a, in a more profound, positive way. Because I really believe that everybody on the planet is here to impact the world, a person, people in some positive way. You know, how large of a level is different for everybody. You know, some people might be just be the best mom in the world because she's supposed to raise this child to be the best, you know, they can be. And they might grow up to be, you know, the next president or something that creates, you know, world peace in our country. You know, I mean, you, you don't know what that, you get what I'm saying? So it's like, you, you don't want to judge like what the level of your purpose is. Cause it, it could just be, be the best parent. But usually once those people, kids grow up, you have a next level, you know, but at that time when they're little, it's help instill in them how for them to be the, their authentic self. How, how do they step into being, you know, their authentic and next step, you know, of where their growth is. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's so beautiful in terms of what you just said there. And I think it's just a actually a really beautiful way to kind of bring together our conversation around how every single person has a purpose for what they are creating here. A, a, like you said, a positive and impactful purpose. And and the impact looks different for because and you can't judge it from where it's at. And everyone is contributing to something that is bigger than them. They just might not know what that is. Like you said, that person can end up being, uh, you, you might be a parent and that might be your purpose, but then your child is going to end up completely transforming the world in a way that you don't even, you know, can't even see from this vantage point. So I, I yeah. absolutely love that. And so for, you know, as we kind of tie together this conversation for those that are at a cross point, and I think it's great that we are you know, at this moment, having this conversation at the very beginning of the year. And, you know, it's, it's been quite a year, I think for many people for 2020 and as they are, I think many people are in a pivot point right now, you know, kind of at a crossroad and what, what's one piece of advice that you can give them that in terms of where they get to go and around where they get to trust and, and, and look within to really guide them to the path that they are, are meant to go down. Well, one of the things I always say in just about every talk I do, everything is, is energy. And it's, uh, it might seem like a simple statement, but it's really a spiritual truth. And we really want to check into that because one of the things that helps you develop your intuition is having a higher spiritual vibration around you. It's one of the reasons why I created all my sacred art, because everything in your home is energy. Okay? Everything that you watch on TV is energy. Everything you listen to is energy. Okay. And it's all affecting your energy when you're in its vibration. Hmm. So if you have something on your wall that, you know, like I have nothing against people who use art therapy. I think it's great. I think it helps people. But for me, I wouldn't want that art therapy on my wall because it's somebody processing their anger or their frustration or their wounds that they had when they were a kid. And that carries an energy. So one of the biggest things I learned when I got on the yogic path from um, Yogananda's teachings is that we're already like this self-realized enlightened person. 
what our most important thing is to remember that we are. And, and then the remembering comes with uncovering all of the levels of inauthenticity you know, that we have that hide our true selves. And so it's like sacred art. It doesn't have to be my sacred art, but if you put up spiritual things in your home, they're going to help lift up your vibration. The more your vibration is lifted up, the more you're going to be connected to your intuition, the more you're going to remember, wait a minute, I am this powerful being, you know, powerful beyond measure. Because everybody's listening to this is really, you know, we just don't know it because of all of the, you know, wounds that we got growing up and the stuff that tells us that we're not good enough or our fears that keep us wanting to keep things the same, you know, but we really, every person on the planet is this powerful being, powerful beyond measure. And it's how do you connect? That's really the, the authentic self is how do you connect with that part of you that is so powerful that what you are here to do, you know, like you can move forward easily and even in fear, you know, that you can move forward and know that, okay, no matter what happens, I can take a step towards it, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's about like listening to that in practice. So, you know, part of about the intuition and knowing what to do, because, you know, the, the biggest question I get is how can I get more intuitive downloads and how can I trust it? You know, it's the thing I get here all the time um, is about, you have to start to trust yourself first because you're a divine being whether you know it or not, you are, okay? And trust that if something shows up that you're not liking, that it's still here for the betterment of your life because it really is. See, because spirit's always trying to get us to grow and expand. And so sometimes somebody might be in a place where they have to do something that is not that pleasant to them with their likes and dislikes, but it actually helps them grow and expand in consciousness and start to see something differently. And so that is the next step they need to do. Mm. So see, so when something happens, even if I myself don't like it, I tell myself, all right, you got to trust spirit. It's it's better for my betterment, even though I might not like what I'm doing next. I'm going to do it anyway, because it's it's here. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'm hearing from you that is that sometimes our next step where we get to go may not be something that is comfortable, may not be something that we like, or is something that we would choose out of comfort. And I think the, where, where we get to go, I think, you know, is we get to really trust that no matter where it leads us, that's it's, it's for our good. And that if that's where it's calling us, it's kind of like what I, one of my mentors have told me that if you're not feel like you want to throw up, if you're not feeling that that fear, you're actually not playing big enough. You're not leaning into your edge of whatever that looks like. And so if that's what's coming up for you, usually it's a good sign that you're headed in the right direction, even if it terrifies you. And now it's about, like you said, going through it anyways to get to the other side, even though you feel that because the fear is always going to be there. Yeah. And I'm not saying to ignore your fear because that's what people mm-hmm. sometimes think that, I, mm-hmm. you know, when I say, I'm like, no, you have to acknowledge you're having the fear mm-hmm. and then say, what can I do to like, you know, work through it, move through it? Mm-hmm. You know, because the reason we're having the fear is there's something to heal. You know, there, there's a healing process in stepping into, at least I find there is, to being your, you know, authentic self. Mm-hmm. You know, there, you've got to heal the things that have been holding you back. You've got to heal that voice that tries to stop you, you know, there, but there's a healing process and it's about, you know, like being willing to, um, 
open up to what you can do differently, how you can think differently. And that's the biggest thing. Most people in America, and I'm guilty of this for many years, it's only been, you know, in the last probably five that I've been really switching it, um, is it's more of how we're thinking that stops us than what we're doing that stops us. And we get very much into the doing that you have to do this, do that. And no, you have to shift your consciousness of the way you're thinking, like learn how to think properly. I tell people that all the time. Part of my thing I talk about, I'm a healer of consciousness because we have to learn how to think properly. You know, that we've been trained to think in a way that keeps us held back, not in a way that's teaching us to step forward into our authentic self. You know, like we've been taught to fit in, you know, and do what, you know, be normal. And I tell people, why do you want to be normal? Normal's like average. You know, normal's nothing great. You know, you want to be abnormal and people look at you like, I'm crazy. I'm like, you do like, you know, that person who's like, like the superstar singer, Lady Gaga is abnormal. She's not of the norm. If she was, she wouldn't be that superstar. You know, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Taylor Swift was teased all the time because she was, they thought she was weird. You know, look at where she is now, you know, laughing all the way to the bank and doing something that has meaning to her. You know what I mean? And so um, it's really about like being willing to like, I'm willing to be different and abnormal and, you know, step into like, it's more important to be authentic than to fit in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is such a beautiful way to really, um, you know, bring to our, our conversation together and really tie it up with a bow. I think it's been such a, a beautiful conversation with you, Deepa, and all of your wisdom and has, has been so enlightening. And I know I've learned a ton of the gold nuggets that you've, uh, you know, shared with us. And so thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and, and having this conversation with us. And I'm sure that, you know, I, I've, I've learned so much and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for, for taking time to be on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. You know, one of the things I offer to people if they want is um, I have a, what's called a next step connection call. So if they want interested, they can go to deepaloo.com forward slash gift. And I'd be happy to, you know, give them a complimentary connection call just to kind of help them. Of, well, what's their next step? Because, you know, there's like I talked about, there's always this next step. And how do you know what that next step is? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for your generosity. And, you know, for our listeners, definitely jump on this. I think this is so beautiful that you're offering this because many of us are wondering what is our next step right now and i think the more in tune we are with what that gets to look like the faster we get to head to where it is that that we are meant to go especially this year and beyond that so thank you so much once again deepa and i just so appreciate you um, and all the work that you're up to and for sharing all your wisdom with us today thank you paul Awesome. And for our audience, thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joyce Sauce.